Hello, this is Brian Goldie from Southwest Christian High School chaplain with our chapel speaker from today from Encounter, Mr. Michael Fershert. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks Just for having a me. A couple of follow-up questions from uh, your talk. I guess one of the first questions uh, that comes to my mind is, what is maybe something that transitioning from your faith experience in East Berlin and um, then moving to the United States and being here, how long have you been here now for? It's 20 years now. 20 years. Okay, yes. so being here for 20 years, uh, what is something that maybe... Um, has been difficult as far as your 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 faith journey or understanding the church and the difference between the church and, and your church experience in East Berlin and, and being here? Like, what's been something that's a little bit difficult about that transition? What has been difficult for me, to be quite honest, is to experience a Christianity in this country that is very politicized. That is something that I did not experience in East Germany at all. Of course, we had, mm. as Christians, we had no political influence at all. And so that kind of was forcing us to really uh, stick with the gospel. In East Germany, the Christian church was considered a cult. So we were not allowed to engage in open evangelism or to be engaged in any kind of social, political, or cultural activities. All that belonged to the government. And uh, all the church, this cult, was allowed to do was to preach from the Bible and talk about that Jesus behind closed doors. But in doing, though, doing so, the communist regime actually made sure that the Christian church was doing nothing else but preaching from the Bible and talking about Jesus, and it became the defeat of the communist regime. Hmm. And what I noticed here in the Western world is that so often the Christian church is engaged in all kinds of social and cultural and political activities and so often forgets to actually do what we are called to do with the Great Commission to uh, preach Jesus Christ and speak from the Bible and biblical truth and it might become our defeat. And so I always say, you know, the Great Commission of Jesus Christ has not been given the politicians and governments. This is our call. This is our banner. We have to pick it up. We have to carry it. And we have to make a difference. And uh, so many times in this country I have experienced that the Christian church itself has become so complacent and is riddled with compromise and indifference while expecting of their political leaders to build them a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. You know, as I said, the Great Commission that's given to us as a Christian church, not to politicians or governments or leaders. It's given to us as a Christian. That is our task, and we have to transform society from the inside out. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. One of the other components of your story and your journey, obviously, with that, now, maybe, maybe a, a, a different tact here, maybe one question I would ask as a follow-up to that. What are some ways if people... <laughs> have become overly politicized in their faith? How do you, how do they recognize that? And what are some steps to sort of uh, begin to separate those two things, their politics, so to speak? Not that we obviously always can, because we're, we're naturally our faith is going to overflow into some political thought. But what are some ways we could recognize, whoops, <laughs> I've become a political Christian, uh, as opposed to one that's centered on the kingdom of God? And what are some steps to take to sort of start to redeem that? Right. Um, what I would say the important thing for me is that rather than battling so much to get the Christian church back into power, we need to get the power back into the Christian church. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I speak a lot about peer pressure and what it was like for me as a kid growing up, as a preacher's kid, a Christian in a 
all communist school and with my two sisters being the only three students at our school and nationwide among 2% of East German students who wouldn't join the communist youth organizations and having to learn at a young age to stand against peer pressure and to refuse to conform. And that is a message I try to get across in this country, but sometimes I don't always know if I'm succeeding because you live in a very polarized society where you have pretty much two main camps. And everybody believes that they are not conformists and they are not giving in to peer pressure because they are standing up against the other side. And they have not realized how much they have become conformists within their own group. And, and they're going along with the peer pressure within their own group to think the way they, they have to think, to talk the way they have to talk, to stand for what they are being told to stand, rather to stand on biblical truth and have the courage to say, this is wrong, on this side, this is wrong on our side, this is not biblical, I am not going to support this, even if I stand alone within my own group, I'm going to stand on what a biblical truth is or what a Christian life should look like or the, the way I should act and behave and conduct myself as a Christian. And I think this has been getting lost a little in, in the society with, it has become so important to win political battles and often on the expense of the true testimony, witness, and credibility of the Christian church, which I sometimes find unfortunate. I think we as Christians should always have the courage to speak truth to power, regardless who is in power, because uh, man-made kingdoms come and go, rulers come and go. Uh, we need to put our trust and faith, not a man, but into a kingdom that will last forever. And uh, this needs to be our priority, that we build God's kingdom and not worldly kingdoms. Hmm. Yeah, good, excellent. Thank you, amen. That's that's excellent. I um, One other and maybe final question, and maybe this is a bit broader, uh, but I think a lot of people have conversations in Christian circles, especially in the evangelical tradition in America, about Europe. And sort of I hear these you know hundreds of thousands of people sort of uh, brought down the Berlin Wall from the church, and there was this incredible movement that was powerful and very powerful to hear about that you were a part of. And then there, now there's this sentiment, this feeling that okay, so the percentages of those who actually believe in Europe is pretty is quite small. Um, so how do you process this idea that like so much, so much uh, transformation occurred because of Christians following the kingdom of God, seeking Christ, and then it seems like so much of that movement, and obviously even in the history of Europe, seems to have sort of diminished and gone away. Like as somebody I know that you return home uh, to visit once in a while and still have lots of connections in, in Germany. How do you process the um, the degree of sort of atheism and disbelief there? And what would you attribute it to? Well, I'm not surprised at all because we can look at the story in the Bible where Jesus healed 10 lepers and one returned to give thanks and nine went out to enjoy their new freedom and health. And I think that is what happened as well. The church always seemed to be stronger under persecution when their faith is being put to the test. And out of a test comes a testimony. And once the Berlin Wall came down and people had freedom, their priority changed as well. And that is unfortunate that often under freedom, faith becomes superficial and light. And when put to the test or under hardships, we tend to cling more to our faith and realize we need God. We can't do it on our own. Um, but also about the peaceful revolution, what I probably would have to point out is it started as a faith-based movement within the Christian churches, but then inspired a nationwide movement where Lots of people joined in that were not associated with the churches that are, were simply demonstrating for political freedom. 
But the churches were kind of in charge of it. They started it with their prayer marches, but they were also the ones who kept it peaceful because uh, the Stasi secret police, they were infiltrating the crowds. They tried to turn it violent. They tried to provoke that somebody would pick up a rock or overturn a car or start looting or do something to give the military a justification to open fire. And so in these uh, weeks of political tension and turmoil, it was always the message of our Christian church leaders that resonated through the streets with words from the Bible, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. If somebody hits you on one cheek, turn the other cheek also. If they hit you, if they push you, don't hit back. Don't spit at them. Don't pick up a rock. Don't overturn a car. Don't start a riot or loot or whatever. Keep it peaceful. Carry your light of faith into the streets and places. And I think this remains a historic legacy of the East German churches, that the peaceful revolution remained peaceful even as it became a nationwide movement where many unbelievers and atheists joined in fighting for political purposes, fighting for political freedom, yet respecting the message of their church leaders, keep it peaceful, keep it peaceful. That is the only way um, that we can move or change anything. Otherwise, they will just give the orders to open fire. Um, but of course, uh, Europe is a rather atheist continent. Um, I don't know if necessarily there are less Christians in Europe than in the USA. It's just still more difficult in Europe to profess to be a Christian because there is still a great sense of secularism and where you look down upon or mocked and ridiculed for being a Christian. So you don't have a lot of cultural Christians. If you confess to be a Christian in Europe, you're a Christian. And I think in America... It's easier to be part of this huge crowd of the cultural Christians because it's rather easy still in this country to profess to be a Christian or to go to church. There's not much of a cost to consider and a price to pay. If it would become a little more difficult in this country, I think uh, we would also see a lot of people falling away just as in Europe. And that would be a shame, but sometimes maybe also healthy hmm. that the true Christians will stand up for their faith hmm. and will make a difference in their society and change things. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, once again, Michael Fershert uh, coming to Southwest Christian High School Encounter. Thank you so much, Michael, for being with us today. Appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.